Today we're going to be talking about climate change and whatnot. So um, after the intro music cues, you'll hear some clips from our conversation. Um, huge shout out to Jake Biddle for being on the show, and also huge shout out to everyone doing whatever they can about climate change, whether that be recycling or uh, just talking about it on the internet, because that's the best way that you can help is to do something. Hi everyone, I'm Nick and you're listening to the official No Name Podcast. today's episode, I'm joined with Jake Biddle, a climate change reporter and uh, the author of, I can't remember the book title, but I'll let him introduce himself. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Nick. Uh, my, my book is called The Great Displacement, Climate Change, and the Next American Migration, and much of it takes place in Louisiana. Uh, part of the reason I asked you to be on is because I'm from Louisiana, and I saw some of your articles about Louisiana, so I thought it'd just be fitting to have an expert on climate change who talks about Louisiana. So, my first question is just what is climate change? Okay, so basically, um, when light, when the sun's light uh, hits the earth, uh, it creates heat on the earth you know it heats up the earth um and ordinarily uh, that light is supposed to reflect back out off the earth uh, back into space Uh, but the problem is uh, because of a few uh, key gases carbon dioxide and methane they uh, pile up in the earth's atmosphere uh, and it basically creates what scientists call the greenhouse effect right so light hits the earth and it wants to go back out Uh, into space, but it gets trapped by the gases, basically. So if you've ever been in a greenhouse where they're growing plants, it gets very hot because the light comes in, but it can't go back out. So it creates heat, right? So many parts of the earth, uh, oceans and trees, they naturally uh, exude carbon dioxide, right? So carbon dioxide comes out of swamps, it comes out of oceans, and then the trees kind of inhale it back in. And there's a a delicate balance there that keeps the earth sort of at a a regular temperature. But uh, over the past 250 or so years, human beings have burned a lot of uh, coal, oil, and natural gas uh, to create energy to drive cars and power buildings and stuff. And basically all the carbon dioxide that results from burning that oil and gas has started to pile up in the atmosphere it's made the greenhouse effect a little bit worse, and it's caused the Earth's overall temperature to increase by about 1.12 degrees Celsius, which is about two-ish degrees Fahrenheit so far. Um, and that doesn't sound like a lot, right? But And it's not a lot of uh, carbon dioxide over in the grand scheme of things that human beings have emitted, but it's enough to uh, upset the very, very delicate balance that was in the atmosphere before. So this is all extremely established by science. It's also, you can demonstrate it with experiments even in your own house. Uh, and we basically have a really good understanding of that this 1.1 degrees has caused the earth uh, to go kind of haywire, right? So hurricanes are stronger now, the oceans are warmer, heat waves are more likely, droughts get worse in many parts of the world, 
uh, the Arctic permafrost is thawing. So there's just a lot of things that go wrong when the Earth... The Earth's a very, very delicate place, right? And so if you upset the balance of carbon dioxide even a little, as we've done over the past 200 years, a lot of uh, stuff starts to go wrong. That's the, the easiest way to understand what climate change is. Um, what are some of like, the easiest things that we could do like just to help climate change? Right, yeah. So almost all um, of the carbon dioxide that's upset this balance was burned by human beings, right? So the easiest way, it's not a very easy way, right? But the easiest way to stop the world from getting warmer is for us to stop using coal, oil, and natural gas. However, uh, coal, oil, and natural gas uh, provide the, the largest share of all the energy that the world uses right now. You know, if we were to stop doing that tomorrow, the world would be in a very, very, very bad situation. So I think the easiest and the best thing we can do is try to develop, you know, alternative energy systems, right? So like you've probably heard about electric vehicles, for instance, you've probably heard about solar power. Uh, farming creates a lot of carbon emissions and there's ways to do that without creating so many carbon emissions. So, but there's no one thing that one person can do, right, to, to fix this problem. It's kind of a worldwide problem. And so the solutions are, they're really big. You know, it's like replace cars with electric cars or, you know, replace uh, gas boilers in buildings with, you know, electric water heaters, right? Like, that's hard to do and you can't afford to do it on your own. But it's a, it's a big problem and it, it needs a big solution. So it's basically the whole world needs to work together or it's just not going to work at all. Like it can't just be a big group of people. It needs to be everyone or it's not going to get better. That's that's exactly right. So, you know, you might have heard that last year uh, the, the president signed this law that was supposed to be like a big bill to deal with climate change. Right. Like it makes it much cheaper to have an electric car and it makes it much cheaper to uh, retrofit your home so that it doesn't emit much carbon anymore. And that's helpful, right? Like that gives a lot of people incentives to um, do a lot of things to make climate change better, right? It makes it cheaper. But, you know, then you have places like uh, other parts of the world, right? Like India, for instance, and China, like they're doing some stuff to work on climate change, but they're growing so fast that they need a lot of oil and they need a lot of gas. And so if the U.S. makes a lot of progress on carbon emissions and Europe makes a lot of progress on carbon emissions, but then Africa, India, China, they don't, it's not going to work, right? So the entire world, really, it does need to be kind of like a global uh, initiative. And there's been some progress on that front, right? But yeah, I think unless everybody works together, you're not going to see the problem really get solved. And most people believe that we have probably about between 10 and 25 years to make serious progress on this or else the warming that's caused by carbon dioxide will probably start to spiral way out of control even compared to where it is now. Do you think that climate change is an issue that could just cause the world to just completely end like it could cause mass extinctions and stuff like that or is it something that just can affect the way people live yeah that's a really good question and i think it, it depends a lot on what happens over the next 10 to 20 years right so i think at this point there's been enough progress made you know over the last five to ten years that it seems like you know there would be between one and a half and two and a half degrees celsius of warming and that looks more like the second thing, you know, it's not a mass extinction event. 
a lot of people will lose their homes, a lot of people will die, a lot of places will look very different, but human society will survive, right? But if things go really haywire, you know, if like our progress thus far gets undone and you end up with three and a half or four degrees Celsius of warming, um, nobody really knows what that would look like, right? And so I don't think that, and I think most scientists would not say that human society is going to end, right? That the world's going to end in a sort of mass extinction event for human beings. But uh, there's certainly a wide range of outcomes depending on how fast we move on getting rid of oil and gas. And um, the, the worst outcomes are, are pretty bad. So is this an issue that we could like completely fix or is the world never going to be able to return to how it used to be? That's another good question. And I think the answer is right now we just don't know. So we know that, you know, it should be possible to stop the world from warming anymore by the middle of the 21st century, for instance. Um, but what we don't know is whether we'll ever be able to develop the technology that would take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, right? So we would suck the greenhouse gases out of the atmosphere, and that would cause the Earth to cool back down, right? So we just don't know whether that's possible. There are certainly plenty of scientists working on it. But I think the, probably the most likely outcome right now is that the world will probably plateau somewhere between 1 and 2 degrees of warming, and that will be just what the world looks like, you know, probably for the long term, which, you know, is, is bad. It's not as bad as it could be. But, you know, certainly it'd be a more dangerous place for, for a long time. Um, so where I live, which is like North Louisiana, it's gotten extremely hot. Like usually we'd have our summers in the 70s or 80s. Um, and it very rarely gets like 100 degrees but then this year it's been 90 degrees like nearly every day some days it's gotten to like 120 or on the it feels like 120 but it's really like 90 something so how does it being like a one degree change global make it go that much like in the state if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good question, right? So the overall atmosphere has warmed by about one degree, but that changes the way that a lot of different things within the atmosphere work, right? So it makes it uh, much drier, for instance, in a lot of places, which means there's less moisture in the earth to soak up heat. It makes it easier for what we call these uh, basically heat domes to form. They're basically high pressure systems. It, it, it changes the way that atmospheric currents move, right? And so I think that most scientists don't want to look at any one day of hot temperatures and say that's because of climate change. But when you look at the pace with which temperature records are being broken and you look at the way that climate change is changing the way that the, the jet stream, which is this current that moves sort of across the northern part of the, the world, it's sort of slowing that down. It's making it weaker. It just seems like it's making it easier for these big pressure systems of air to build and stay present for a long time. And that's what causes heat waves, right? So it's a very complicated answer. And I don't think that scientists necessarily have one complete answer for it yet. But what we do know, right, is that the increasing concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere tracks very, very closely with an increase in global temperature. And that tracks very, very closely with an increase in the kind of extreme heat events that we're seeing, right? So it has a lot to do with the way that air moves around in the atmosphere uh, and also the moisture of the oceans, right? So this year, 
uh, the oceans are releasing tons of moisture that's kind of been, or sorry, the oceans are releasing tons of heat that's been built up over the course of the past few years, and that creates sort of temporary fluctuations in temperature. Um, but yeah, that one degree for a lot of really complicated atmospheric reasons makes it more likely that you see these sort of local heat waves that last for a couple weeks and, and make everything really hot. Okay, so, oh, I just kicked my cat accidentally. Um, so climate change, it's not just global warming, right? Like it can also be getting way colder in some places, like in Antarctica, like could it be getting a lot cold, colder or is it also getting way hotter there? few places in the world that are forecast to get cooler as a result of the rise in global temperatures, and that has to do with... Um, uh, this thing called <laughs> the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Current, which I'm not going to bore you with. But yeah, there's a few places that are projected to get colder. Most of them are in the northern part of the world and they're uh, near oceans. Uh, but in general, most places are expected to get warmer. But I think you make it bring up a good point, which is that it's not just a matter of everything getting hotter, right? Like some places get a lot wetter, some places get a lot drier. And then you have events like because of this thing that we, we call the jet stream, because it gets weaker as the earth gets warmer, you also have the potential for gigantic snowstorms, right? Or huge cold snaps. Like, I don't know if you remember in early 2021, there was this thing called winter storm Yuri in Texas that froze the... My clean feed decided it was going to be mean and crash on me. So we lost part of the recording, but we still have most of it. And we did, uh, we do have this other recording that we made after it crashed. So Hopefully you can still understand what's going on. Earth that are supposed to become cooler over the next century, but I do think it's worth uh, emphasizing that, you know, even though the Earth itself gets warmer by a degree or two, that looks very different in different places, right? So some places will get very wet, they'll see a lot more precipitation. Other places will get very, very dry, like we're seeing in the southwest United States right now. And then because the jet stream gets weaker as the world gets hotter, you have the potential for these freak events like the 2021 winter storm in Texas that froze the Texas electrical grid. Many experts think that that was caused by climate change making the jet stream weaker. There was a big snowstorm in Buffalo that killed a bunch of people. So a lot of people think that, you know, instead of everything just getting hotter, it's more useful to say that the weather will just get sort of weirder and freakier, less predictable and more intense at every extreme. So um, climate change is getting, uh, or the climate is just getting more unpredictable and that's what makes it more like worse on the world or uh is just the fact that the temperature is rising is that what makes it bad yeah so the the rise in temperature by a degree or two creates all kinds of like it just throws the balance of the earth out of whack right and so it creates these really weird unpredictable things i mean a lot of people would say that like if the earth was just a degree warmer and it was just a little bit warmer everywhere that might not be that bad of a thing except in you know the warmest places where it might get too hot to live but for cold places right like it might be better if it was a little bit warmer because fewer people would have to deal with the cold but that's not the only consequence right like we have stronger hurricanes stronger wildfires way longer droughts famines like sea level rise eating away at coastal cities right that's all really bad there's no real upside to it right and you can't really have a small increase in global temperatures without a big increase in all of that stuff 
So are uh, countries or areas that don't have as much carbon emissions as the U.S. or the U.K. or anything like that, um, do they have like it better as of climate change? Like, Is it less warming up where they are? No, no, this is a really important point. So when any country emits carbon into the atmosphere, that has consequences all over the world. And in particular, right, the carbon that the U.S. and Germany and England have emitted over the years, the direct impacts of that are felt in the warmer and wetter and more vulnerable parts of the world, right? So many people think that, like, the most vulnerable areas to climate change are Southeast Asia, right, the Philippines, Indonesia, Sub-Saharan Africa, and Central and South America, right? So those places are already, you know, they already have pretty high temperatures and the increases that they already have really strong hurricanes and typhoons. And, and now we're seeing all those things get stronger. Those countries are also poorer, right? So they have less money to protect against those disasters. The people have less money to recover if their homes get destroyed by a hurricane. So we're seeing the direct consequences of, you know, the United States burning oil and gas. The direct consequences of that can be felt all the way across the world, right? In Indonesia, in Pakistan, in Honduras and Central America, right? So there's there's a direct connection between those two things, but the carbon doesn't stay above um, where the country emits it, right? It just it's, it becomes part of a global sort of buildup of carbon dioxide. So it is like a global issue, and there's not one place that's safe unless... Like, unless we do something about it, there's no one place that's safe from climate change. Climate change. Yeah, I mean, if we were to move really fast, then probably the most temperate parts of the world, right? Like, think about Norway and Canada and parts of Russia, right? They might never see really, really devastating effects, right? Like, they might see some effects, like maybe worse floods and maybe, you know, some permafrost would melt. That could be really bad. There's been wildfires in Canada and the Arctic, obviously. But you know, the really, really, really devastating effects will be in the, the, the poorest parts of the world, you know, at the equatorial parts of the world. Um, but there's no one place that's safe. But, you know, if we move on it fast, many places could be spared, like, the worst of the impacts, right? Like, right now, Louisiana is getting hit really hard, right? It's on the shore of the warmest body of water in the world, in the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, you know that the state's gotten hit by several hurricanes in the past few years. North Dakota is not experiencing that, right? And maybe it never will if we get climate change under control. Um, but no place can be said to be entirely safe. Um, so my final question is just what's the best thing that like you as a single person could do to help the world? Like, It's not going to immediately just change everything, but what's something that's important that you could do to help? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that if you're a person who thinks that this is a real problem, right, then you have to think that the solution has to come from the top down, right? It has to come from the government. The government's the only sort of entity in the United States that has the money and the power to make a big change. So, you know, I hesitate to say vote, right, because, you know, people have all kinds of objections to does voting really make a difference. But I think that when you have one side of the political spectrum that takes climate change relatively seriously and one side that, you know, many politicians on the, the right don't really see it as a, a reality, and if they do see it as a reality, they don't really see it as a big deal, it makes a big difference who controls Congress, who controls the White House, etc. I think the other thing that people can do, though, is just, like, to, to 
talk about the issue, like what you're doing, you know, just to sort of like make it really present in people's lives and make those connections, you know, in the uh, world around you, like that can help a lot too, because it, it does need to be kind of like a, a mass level awareness. One person buying an electric car is not really going to move the needle, so to speak. Right. So, yeah, I think the change has to come from the government. Change in the government has to come from voting or at least being active politically and talking about those issues. Okay, well, that's all my questions. Um, thank you so much for being on this, Jake. Uh, and thanks for spreading the word about climate change. And just uh, if you want to look at Jake's articles, he has a lot of them on Grist. And you can go check those out. I have the links in the show notes. Yeah, keep working. I like the podcast. Keep, keep it going. It's nice that you have this. You're going to be in ninth grade next year? Yes. You have a podcast? Yes. That's crazy. All right. Okay. All right. I wasn't doing anything like that in ninth grade. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye, Nick. shows visit unmuted media at bit.ly slash unmuted media or check out their youtube channel unmuted media